He's the man in the back of the room. Y con la voz de Dios. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, CEOs where to go, and stars when to shine. But as he likes to point out, Who cares? I care. It's true, she cares. And so does he. He's entertainment and production agency owner and meeting and event master, Anthony Bellotta. She's his Agent 99, and you're about to be Bellottified. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bellotified, the one and only podcast you need for events, entertainment, and engagement news. I'm Anthony Bellotta. I'm here every week as I am with the always delicious, always optimistic Christina <laughs> Apostolidis. I forgot the Alexia because I'm so looking at your face right now, and I don't even know what I'm doing. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Now, what, what is it? Uh, uh, it's Connie Spada. Connie Spada, how are you? Oh, gosh. Well, apparently I'm not doing all that great today, but I'm trying. I am trying, and it's a beautiful day here, so there's nothing more to want. No, you do fabulous. And here's the thing. Your goal in life, and I don't know that you know this. I have deemed it your goal in life to make me laugh. Oh, so okay. when you make me laugh, you've done the right thing. I don't care what it is. And even if it's at my expense, I'm good with it. Okay, great. Thank you for letting me in on that. <laughs> You're that, welcome. That makes life a little easier. <laughs> but just, just so you know, our, our audience should know I'm a real easy target. <laughs> yeah, I kind of knew that already. Yeah. Very yeah, easy laugh. Mm. I, I am. I am. So listen, uh, before we get started, I want to tell you about two things that we did this weekend because it was ooh. a really jam-packed weekend. On Friday night, I had the honor of hosting Black Tie Bingo for Shoreline Community Services in Pacific Beach. And I got to tell you, if you've not ever had the pleasure of hosting bingo, it is something to put on your card because it is so much fun. It and is. raised all the money they wanted to raise that night and we had a honking good time. Then the next night, we went to see SDSU's production of Cabaret starring our friend Lindsey Grant as Sally Bowles. And wow, great production. Great rendition of Sally. She did an awesome job. But I was reminded of the song that Fraulein Schneider sings uh, in the first act that ends with the phrase, who cares? <laughs> oh, my God. What? I forgot about that. Ah. So who cares? Who so cares? I was so delighted by that song. <laughs> of course, is you know, actually a very found song if you think about it mm -hmm. oh, all the music in that is awesome music yeah. in cabaret awesome yeah. awesome great show wanted to share that if you are in the san diego area and can manage to get a ticket to see cabaret at sdsu do so it's playing only this next week and that's it i gotta get my daughter She's in the midst of finals, but I got to get her to try and go see that because yeah. she knows Lindsay. She's seen Lindsay perform as well. And Lindsay is fantabulous. She really is. And so was the cast. It was a great cast. Really was. Well done. So, so that brings us to our little tipsy moment. Let's get tipsy. And today's tipsy is about integrity. Mm -hmm. We do it again. Integrity is important in business, of course, but it's also important to your public persona. And the reason I wanted to bring it up today is because our guest doesn't have one, but two public personas and is known for their integrity, whether they're one or the other. So I thought, mm, good day to talk about integrity again. Now, we've referred to it in other segments, but today we're not going to tipsy toe around it. We're going to help you identify those lacking in integrity. Now, research suggests a tremendous gap between the way we see ourselves and our actual behavior. Because we're humans, we have a strong desire to maintain a positive moral self-image. We will find ways, therefore, to justify our behavior without even an awareness of our behavior. 
Now I'm paraphrasing a recent article from employment website, theladders.com, and it's links to the Harvard Business Journal and the Wiley Online Library. Now personally, and you can say that you heard it here, I am, albeit sometimes painfully, always aware of what I say and what I do. So I have a hard time believing that it's possible for an otherwise healthy adult to be unaware of their own behavior. But just in case you find yourself questioning the habits or the integrity of someone who is perhaps unaware of their true intentions, theladders.com offers these six telltale signs, which they explain in further detail and will be available by following our show notes. They are six telltale signs that someone is lacking integrity. Number one, they do the right thing when they've got an audience. When no one is looking, however, they just may not. Two, they confuse legality and morality. They think that because something is legal, it isn't necessarily amoral. But that's not the case. You can be legal and still be amoral. Three, they don't care about little white lies. Now, if you think about it, it makes sense because nobody starts with a big lie. Everybody starts with a small one, right? They don't care about little white lies. That's the problem. Number four, they think their behavior doesn't hurt anyone. Maybe because they think everyone else does it or they come up with some other excuse. And number five, their definition of honesty is fluid and flexible. We see this a lot in politics based on the circumstances and how it may or may not benefit them. Now, you may not see all these signs rolled up into one individual and you don't have to. Even one signifies a tendency to put self-interest above everything else. Because remember, it's not the telling of the little white lies that categorizes someone as lacking integrity. It's the careless disregard with which they are told and the inability to accept any responsibility that follows. And that is my tipsy. Yay. Okay. Oh, and remember, remember, I mentioned this before, but my Yaya would say, Mindinite Kenesi Poshesis, which means mm-hmm. it means don't make empty promises. Do what you say and mean what you say, which of course brings us to our fabulous guest today. Yes! Woo-hoo. Oh, full of integrity, as you mentioned, and a gender-fluid artist and entertainer with over 25 years of experience in the hospitality, restaurant, and nightclub industries. Our guest is deeply involved in the community and has worked with numerous organizations to raise awareness and funds to combat the stigma surrounding HIV. Thank you. I love that. Beginning as an on-call host in 2011, their dedication and hard work have led the role of senior manager at the world-famous Urban Mo's right here in beautiful San Diego. Please welcome San Diego legendary drag queen, creator of the Church of Glam and GGTV podcast, the one, the only, Glitz Glam. Oh, hello, Glitz. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. Oh, I love that intro. Thank you so much. So, Glitz, everybody knows you in San Diego, but for those listeners who don't know you, we'd like to start with something called 10 Quick Questions. Okay, before we get started, if you're a new listener, please take this time to like and subscribe. Go ahead. We'll give you a sec. Why, thank you. 10 Quick Questions. 10 Quick Questions? Yeah. 10 quick questions you give us the first answer that comes to mind alex watches the clock we have two minutes are you willing and ready to play i'm ready let's do it let's do it okay question number one do you believe in miracles absolutely number two how did the glitz steal christmas uh she had they had 
seven drag kids and um, a spot on stage at Urban Mose. Love it. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll hear more about that later. When was the last time? When was the last time you tried something new? Uh, it, just this past January. And that was. Uh, my husband and I went on a gay cruise. Nice. Mm. About that later too. Number four. Mm -hmm. What's the first word that comes to mind when you think about you? Magical. Magical. Yes. Number five. What is the most memorable show, live concert, festival, theatrical event, whatever you like to choose? What's the most memorable? Most memorable. Most memorable one you've ever experienced. I mean, hands down, it would have to be getting married on uh, the 2014 Grammy Awards uh, during a performance of Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's Same Love, where we were wed by Queen Latifah and our wedding singer was Madonna. You can't really beat that. <laughs> I'm stunned. We have to hear more about that later, too. Yeah. Number six, what's your favorite lipstick color? Ooh, I'm uh, pink. pink. Don't, don't say that like that. I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it's hard for me to choose a color. It's purple or pink. Like the two of them are so hard to be fuchsia. Oh, it's <sighs> just a hard question for me. I love colors. Sorry, I, I, I can tell. <laughs> uh, number seven, what's the one thing you wish you could stop doing? Buying shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> Great. If I were your celebrity crush, who would I be? Ooh, 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 Bad Bunny. Oh. <laughs> Number nine, you're a deep dish pizza. What are you stuffed with? Mm, pepperoni and mushrooms. Mm, delicious. And number 10. Has sex ever been on your mind when you're tucked in with a good children's story? <laughs> not that I can remember. Thank I you. hope not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our 10 quick questions. Hey, thank you. Thank Yay, you. I made it. Did I, did I pass? You, you passed. Flying colors. <laughs> okay, okay. So and quickly. Yes. Yes, right. We did that like within a minute, I think maybe. So... Of course, that last question was a bit tongue-in-cheek tongue to make a point, uh, but we'll, yeah. right. Um, but why don't we? Why don't we just start off with that? How has the latest iteration of um, comments about our community impacted you? Um, you know, it's been it's been an emotional roller coaster. Uh, it it's infuriated me from the get go. I, I've worked with so many organizations over the years and many of which have been all ages and everything in my career that I've witnessed, you know, uh, drag queens are just out there trying to promote the love of the art of drag to, to promote self-expression and, and joy and laughter and theater. You know, and it, it just disgusts me that people are twisting it. And and we all know that it, it really has no validation and it's really trying to keep our attention away from this more serious issues, gun control, that need to be addressed by pulling up this bullshit rhetoric. Um, you know, I can not name a single drag queen story I've ever heard of where a drag queen is uh, grooming or molesting a child, but I can think of hundreds and hundreds of uh, uh, straight white men <laughs> or people in powerful positions that are not gay or drag mm -hmm. who take advantage of uh, women, children, boys, girls, everything. It's just, it, it makes me sick. <laughs> it really does. You've been at a, you've actually read stories or been at a, a, a story time yourself? Um, I, I haven't read stories to uh, children in like a library uh, situation. I've read stories to my niece and nephew, of course, um, not being in drag though. <laughs> uh, but I would it was matter? talking to the library. Would it matter? No, of course yeah, not. Right. <laughs> and they love, they love my drag. Um, 
Yeah, I've never been to one myself. Uh, I was speaking to the Hillcrest Library uh, for a little while and we were organizing one, but they of course got a lot of hate mail and um, opposition <laughs> when they announced it. So they, they canceled it out of uh, fear of safety. Uh, which I understood they have to, they have to, you know, their patrons ha safety has to come first. It's just sad that in this day and age, I mean, you see uh, WWE is full of uh, guys dressed up in drag, to be honest with you mm -hmm. and, and doing uh, horrible things to other human beings. And there are children in those bleachers watching them physically assault each other. And, and this is okay. Um, you know, sexualizing and exploiting, uh, uh, young girls in, in pageants, uh, is this okay, I guess? You know, it, there's just so many examples that just makes this whole uh, subject just ridiculous. Well, the whole point of it is just to marginal, it's to keep a marginalized section of society marginalized. That's all it is. It's about control. If we control a group of people that's coming up and attaining equality, we can control it. Those. I think they're in they're in for a sad awakening, though, because we have all been let out of the closet at this point. Drag race has taken over the world, yes. not just the United States, the world. And we are not going back in the closet. No, we are loud. We are proud. And we're going to fight for our rights. And I think they think we're going to just step back and be the quiet little meager ones that we used to be. They were fine when we were there and we just weren't in their face, but now we're in their face and they think that they can change the narrative and it's not going to happen. And, and I think what they're going to find is that drag is not limited to gay men. No. And we're no. That on drag race, right? We've seen of course. great contestants. Maddie Morphe. Right. Trans mm -hmm. contestants. There's a, a rainbow, a kaleidoscope of colors that, you know, people just refuse to see, but it's there. And, and just to add one more thing to this argument it's not new as a kid i watched flip wilson do geraldine on tv and harvey corman dress up as a woman on carol burnett and it, it was happening way before that for entertainment purposes which is exactly what drag is about exactly at my yeah. dinner table my brothers would do it yeah I mean, RuPaul said it best, you're born naked and everything else is drag. And I think if you just strip down what the constructs of drag is, it's just dressing on the outside, your appearance as to what you feel on the inside. And a cop dresses in drag, a doctor dresses in drag. Mm -hmm. It's their way of communicating to the outside world of who they are in that moment. And that moment can change from any time, you know, from one time to another. That's the beauty of the freedom that you give yourself as a gender bending artist, right? And how does that Absolutely. how does that feel? I, I'm curious because I feel like I'm stuck in this, right? And how does it feel to have two characters to play with and explore? And you know, I don't know exactly how to explain it, just because it's been me all, all my life. So it's not something I can quite put my finger on, other than you know the background of when I was a child, I identified. As female, I would tell little boys and girls that I didn't know that I was a little girl. I, you know, I always was in touch with my feminine side. And, and it this is just who I grew, I've grown up to be. Um, you know, I, I've always had this strong feeling or the strong desire to break down the labels of that society assigns us. My drag has always been a juxtaposition and to to represent both female and male um, attributes. You know, we're not male or female, we are human beings. And that's what we all need to come back to. It, 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 it's so frustrating or it's so weird actually to think that when you're little, you're told you have to go in that room and go to the bathroom because you're a little boy and you have to go to that room. because you. But that's a natural function of the human body. Like why do we have to separate? You, you, you teach children from such a young age that they're different when they're not. They're both loving human beings. And that's what my drive. I just want to break down the walls, those, those labels, those, uh, the gender norms need, the whole construct needs to be broken down and rebuilt because we are all just beings of love and light. 
You know Can the- I ask you a question? I'm sorry, Anthony, but I just you just raised something for me. So my daughter, she's in college now, but she went to a performing arts middle school. And at 11, 12, right? She was saying, oh, no, that um, Levi's gay or no, that person. Her dad would say, how do they know? And I'm like, how did you know you were straight? And it to me, it's so beautiful that children now don't even think about it. It's just, this is who I am. It is very fluid and it's very loving and it's very open. Is that part of the fear that it's it's not such a, um, a hush-hush thing anymore? And the fact that it's so more widely accepted, especially amongst youth, is that part of the fear? I think it, the the fear is the change. I I honestly feel that historically, you know, if you if you if you if you are into energies and and how the world has been, you know, it shifts from patriarchal to matriarchal mm-hmm. energies, and um, we are upon that shift right now. We are moving from a patriarchal society to a matriarchal society, and it's the last grasp of you know quite honest the straight white man you know holding Mm -hmm. on to control Mm -hmm. and they know it's coming to an end and that's the fear that they're going to lose control but i mean if they just would open up and let love in we're not trying to destroy them we want everyone to live their lives well and here's the thing control is a misnomer there is no such thing there you you can think that you control and maybe that's what it is but it's going to happen regardless. And, you know, Paul has been doing drag since what, the 80s, the 70s, when it was really tough. You know, you got dressed in the club because you didn't drive in your in your outfit. You know, you did all that in secrecy. And he is still around and bigger than ever, which is which is proof that the truth shall prevail. And what is true Absolutely. right shall prevail. It's just, it's, yes. it's disheartening, mm-hmm. so disheartening that people get so wrapped up in hate when it has absolutely no impact on their own lives whatsoever. Put that energy into something good. Put that something into, that energy into something for yourself and make it positive because it's senseless. It's just, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on a little bit of a soapbox, but. Well, teach your children to love period. Just teach your children to love. There doesn't have to be rules around that. You know, absolutely. You talk about Illy, who's a very open and accepting young lady, um, but she's also from Southern California. And I don't know that the kids in Mississippi or Oklahoma or Alabama Mm -hmm. have the same experience. I don't know. Maybe, but my sense is no, that there's still a lot of uh, difficulty and backlash when kids uh, start to express who they are. Young gay kids start to express who they are in those areas. Oh, yeah. I have family from Rhode Island and it's it's very different there. (laughs) Very, very different. Homophobia and transphobia are taught you know, from the parents. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I try to look at both sides of the story. You know, you don't know what kind of trauma maybe a, a parent went through. Maybe a parent went through a, a, a molestation when they were a child and, and that stuck in their mind. And that, that is the label they attach to the gay or trans community. And then they want to protect their child from that horrible trauma. You know, that's part of, being a Libra, I, I have to balance everything in my head. So it's it's a yep. blessing and a curse because I, I I feel sad for these people who are so close-minded. I feel sad for these people who are are addicted to Fox News and the lies and they believe it. I have people in my family that watch it and and we have to agree to disagree and and it always comes down to well, well, Jess, I guess we just have different information. You know, and it's like, it hurts me because these are people, these are people I love and they love me and they know me, yet they can still support this agenda. It's, it's very frustrating. Yeah, I think I I can, I feel your, you feel your angst there too. Same, same situation. 
And you have to sort of make it a point to just uh, rise above the politics if there are people you love and and you know you, just let it go. You do, right? You do to a point, but I feel like we are in such a pivotal moment in history that it is time to take on those uncomfortable conversations, mm-hmm. but to come into it from a place of love. Yep. You know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, on, on Facebook, I try not to get involved in comments because it's usually a back and forth. But what I've been doing now is uh, recently, uh, I was just, because I'm on, my husband and I are going on our 20th anniversary next year on a virgin voyage. Um, so That's I have ironic. a chat group. Uh, <laughs> this chat group. Well, we tried the gay cruise and we tried a celebrity cruise with kids. And we, we definitely don't want to be on a ship again with kids running around because the pool just turns green. Um, <laughs> and, yellow and blue make green. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the gay cruise, to be honest, it was, oh. was a little much. <laughs> It was a little much. So I think the Virgin Cruise is going to be just right. But in the chat group, um, a guy came on and said, I've seen these posts about drag queens on these. Are they rampant? Oh, my God. it, It was all of the comments were very, very supportive of the community they said you know if you're not into gay or or drag and maybe this isn't the cruise line for you um but i reached out uh privately i haven't heard back yet to the gentleman and i because in in one of his comments he said i don't know about you but a majority of the americans don't want their kids being read to by a drag queen you know and that sparked off a bunch of other people um, I did write to the monitor, the moderator and said that, you know, this made me feel uncomfortable, but I also reached out to the gentleman and I just said, you know, I, I, I want to start a dialogue. You know, what exactly is it about reading a story that scares you so much? I would like to have an honest conversation and, you know, no response, of course, but I think that's what we need to start doing. Instead of spouting off, just say, break it down for me. Because I was ready to say, give me one example. Give me one example where this has been a bad scenario. There aren't any. There aren't any. This is all just made up shit. Mm-hmm. Because from a kid's point of view, you're a bigger than life character coming in to read a story. The teachers in the room or the library officials in the room. It's not as though you're consorting with kids in the bathroom and in the hallways. And it's just the most dumbfounding argument. It's- it is. It is. And, but let's be real. It's, it's not about the drag queens Mm-mm. at all. It's about the trans community. Uh-huh. That's what they're, that's what they're scared of. You know, all of these laws being passed and everything, you know, I'm, I'm planning a drag march here in San Diego in June but, you know, one of the most important things that I want to get across, the message that I want to get across is I can take off the drag. I can be someone who passes through. I mean, I'm not going to pass as straight as soon as I open my mouth. I know that if I stand in the corner and just snarl, maybe. Um, For sure. <laughs> but our trans, <laughs> our trans brothers and sisters are the ones that are, are, are the are the real victims of this yeah. attack on our community mm-hmm. because they don't have a choice. They can't detransition and just start walking around and blending in. And, and depending on what stage they are at their transition, you know, it, it's just not possible. You know, that, that is the community that's under fire. Right. And let's face it before they even made the decision to start to transition, they did a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's not something that you take lightly. I don't care what anybody says. It's not something you take lightly. You think Hell about no. things. You ever try oh. electrolysis? <laughs> no, are you electrolysis kidding Electrolysis is was... the most painful so thing painful. you can imagine. And these girls are doing their entire faces, their chests, their bodies, the pain, the money. So oh what, is God, the, it... what is the fear there with, with trans is it a fear they're going to be duped? Is it what's the fear? You know, honestly, I think when it comes right down to it, it comes to money. It comes down to the fact that trans people are maybe not going to be producing enough children. Oh. You know, less population, less talk, tax dollars. I mean, it all comes down to money at some point. 
Like our earth doesn't need less population. Right? I mean, maybe this wave of people accepting that they are trans and transitioning is nature's way of trying to stabilize the population on earth. You know, hey, we need to slow down a little bit. We're we're wearing out our resources. The planet can't hold this, you know? We're going to send some energy down in there to make these people be a little more gender fluid and a little bit more about love and not so much about procreation and, and sex and, and family and all that. We're all God's Where children. The, right. We are. Yes. Well, it is. It's it's because this was a conversation that just happened a week ago with my daughter and somebody else. And um, the, the argument the other person brought up was, well, but what if they change their mind after they've gone through this transition? And my daughter piped in and she said, it's not like walking into an eye doctor and saying, I want LASIK. Can you do it today? This is something there's counseling, there's thought process. It's, it's not a quick mm-hmm. one and done. And, no, and they, they were, and what? The statistics of people detransitioning after transitioning is so minuscule. minuscule. It, it really, it does happen. People do have changes of heart, you know. Um, I don't know what their initial motives were, um, but it does happen. So you you actually call yourself a gender fluid artist. How does that, if it does at all, differ from drag artistry? Um, well, you know, uh, drag artistry, there's so many layers of it. That's what makes everything so confusing too with these Tennessee drag bands too, because you were just talking about me walking and, and, and dressed up and reading a story book. Well, I mean, if, if Alex was to go dress up as a princess, you know, whoever from any Disney character book that is a drag and you're going to read to children, it's the same exact thing. You know, that's why it's so confusing. Or if Uh, I dressed up as a man. Or if you there would be no backlash. Of course not. Of course not. But there could be with their laws. There could be if you're a teenager in Tennessee trying to go to your prom dressed like a ma'am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, The difference for me is uh, I I don't necessarily dress as a girl, you know, I guess would be the only major difference. I do. I wear dresses sometimes. Um, I definitely wear heels if my uh, ankles are in the mood. More power to <laughs> I think I had too many. <laughs> I had too many years running up and down South Beach and uh, eight-inch stiletto platforms. Oh my and lord! My shins aren't what they used to be. Um, but your calves are uh, terrific. <laughs> they are kind of nice. Uh, but I always keep my beard. Um, you know, that's that's grown in. It's an intricate part of my character and my persona. So. You know, again, it's to break down the walls of the construct of what feminine, masculine is, what female and male appearance is, you know. Okay, okay, Gigi, then I have to ask you this. When you started doing drag with a beard, were there people who were unhappy that you had a beard? Did people give you... So, um, I... Uh, the good first question. a good portion of good portion of my drag career, I didn't have a beard. You know, I come from Florida, where I had a seventeen-year career out there, um, dressing female. Uh, I even considered transitioning at one point in time. And honestly, if I had a full head of hair, I might have a set of titties. And- right now I don't know (laughs) my life has drawn me in this direction and I'm happy and I'm comfortable with it so you know I didn't have any backlash from it other than my husband (laughs) when he when I came out to California um he came out about three months later because he was wrapping everything up in Florida and I had a business to open out here at the time um and I had grown a beard for the first time in my life <laughs> when he cut off the plane and he saw me with this big bushy beard he was like what <laughs> uh but no uh, that's kind of when glitz glamour was my first drag persona and on the east coast and when i moved out here i opened my business i grew the beard and i brought drag back and i was i was always the juxtaposition i i was more of a club kid than i was trying to impersonate a female but when i came out here the masculine glitz glam persona really kind of kicked in high gear um and i people kind of loved it you know but bearded drag has been around for many years i didn't start any trend i may have been a, a bit more of a of someone who is 
more visible than others to do it so prominently and consistently. And I do do my beard a little bit different, but I mean, the cockettes have been around since the seventies. They were an old traveling um, uh, performance uh, uh, band that many people have, I'm sure Alex was nodding her head. I think she's heard of them, but, uh, and then the sisters of perpetual indulgence, many are bearded Queens. It's been around for a long time, long time. Yes. But you perform. I mean, the yes. sisters don't really perform. You're on stage performing. The cockettes so do perform. I don't, I'm not familiar with the cockettes, although there's no reason to ask where they got their namesake, obviously. <laughs> they used to do amazing, uh, like, burlesque variety shows. They would travel. There was often, you know, sex, live sex acts on stage, um, you know, but it was all uh, a, a wonderful, artistic, loving kind of space and environment. Um, but yeah. I so, do perform with the beard. <laughs> can we can we can we flip to pronouns for a moment? And could I ask you how hung up you are on gender pronouns? I might <laughs> I might get in trouble. <laughs> I might get in trouble for saying it, but I am not one that does that. <laughs> say it, baby, I, say I, it. I, I don't I, the pronoun thing for me, I would never intentionally want anyone to feel uncomfortable so i do my best to always use gender gender neutral pronouns my thing is i i just kind of call everybody loves you know a love is a love is a love mm-hmm. hey love how are you lover hey lovely and you can never go wrong when you're spreading love i agree but for me personally he she they them zeers them it whatever um you know uh, I think it also comes, it, it's the energy behind it um, that I think is more important that we need to think about. Um, I've, I've had, I've made mistakes. Like I'm from the East coast and this, and I spent a lot of time in the South. So y'all and, and you guys, and those kind of terminologies, um, you know, stick with me and I've gotten in trouble saying, Hey, you guys to um, some trans females and uh quickly was corrected um and and in my line of work being at Moe's, i have to be very sensitive of it and and i'm and i want to be sensitive to people because i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings mm-hmm. but i also on my other flip side say the world is not a nice place and you know you got to kind of grow a thick skin right. and if someone does misgender you a, a simple correction is completely acceptable. <laughs> I, I, I have a question for you on that. And, and I'm asking your help, actually. Okay. When I hear a little uproar, you know, I have a very conservative family and I'm the odd duck in, in amongst us. Well, why do they have to take our pronouns? Why do they have to do? And my answer with trying not to get mad is what, what do you care? It's a word. What do you care? But can you give me a more appropriate loving response or a response that educates? Um, I guess my response would be, listen, I understand where you're coming from. I understand that it seems, might seem ridiculous to you. I understand that you may feel uncomfortable with someone telling you how you should and should not react to someone else, but I would plead of you to take a step back and look at the situation. And if, if you calling your son a she makes her feel good and it doesn't hurt you at all, then, then what's holding you back? Shouldn't you be loving and, and, and supportive of your children and of your fellow human being? Um, I think just kindness and a little more empathy can go a long way for our community and, you know, hopefully start some healing. I, I, I don't I know why people are so stuck up on the, I'm not going to call you that. What do you want me to call you? You identify as a, a, a giraffe this week. You identify as a car this week. You know, it, it doesn't help that there are there are people out there who are, to an extreme you know you do have people who identify as lizards and they 
have tattooed their body and they have done body modifications. They've split their tongue. They've, they've done extreme body modifications to look like a lizard alien sort of person, you know? And that does make it hard for, you know, for, for an argument or to say, you know, let people live and be what they want. But it really does just come down to that. If he wants to live his life as a lizard, if he wants to do modifications to be looking, feel like a lizard, you're a lizard, buddy. Be a lizard. Yeah. You know, if, if your son or daughter identifies as the other sex and is happy and is a good person and isn't hurting yeah. anyone, then so be it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, I'm going to throw this out there. It's not always an easy thing to do. I sometimes feel it myself. I'll see somebody walking down the street and for some reason, their look might offend me. Maybe for my sensibility, it's showing too much skin or, you know, maybe not dressing what I feel is appropriate, but I have to take a step back mm -hmm. and I have to remind myself that it's none of my damn business and that we live in a free world and that is an expression of freedom that we can be who we want to be. And as long as we're not hurting anybody, what difference does it make? So I can, I can empathize. I can understand those people who do feel initially offended, but the trick is to realize it's not really offending you at all. Mm -hmm. So exactly. let it be right. So let's let's switch gears a bit. Um, when you're not Blitz Glam, you're a manager at Urban Mo's here in San Diego. So what's your biggest challenge currently as a manager in a hospitality setting? Well, you know, it's 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 training the new clientele. You know, Mo's has always been uh, a a safe space, a community center of sorts for the Hillcrest community. And predominantly it's at Benegaberhood, but uh, gentrification is happening all over. Um, you know, there are a lot of new buildings going in, in Hillcrest. And I assure you, most of our community um, cannot afford <laughs> those new places going in. And uh, a lot of uh, uh, straight, people are moving into town. So, you know, we've fought really long and hard to be, uh, to have equality and have visibility and to be mainstream. And now we've kind of gotten it. So now our spaces don't quite feel like gay spaces anymore That's at right. times, right. you know? And uh, we just have to take extra care in teaching the new faces how to be respectful in our spaces. You know, um, uh, we sometimes have straight men who will come in and uh, be at a drag show and, and, and think it's okay to touch. You know, um, we have straight females who come in and uh, think it's okay to touch or all of a sudden the show is no longer about the drag queens. It's about the drunk fat fillerette party over there in the corner. You know, I, I, we just have to take time teaching. And, and nine times out of 10, those teaching moments are positive. You know, I just have to go over. Usually now at the beginning of brunch on Sundays, I do the warm up every Saturday and I go, all right, ladies, just a reminder, respect goes a long way, personal space and bubble. If the, if the entertainer comes to you and offers you to tip them in their breasts, then go right ahead. But otherwise do not touch. And the show is about them, not about you. Please wait in between sh uh, numbers to, go, to use the restroom. And it, it's just like really talking to children. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Um, and, you know, we've, yeah. we've made signs that we have put around uh, the venue wow. that says proper, um, uh, proper uh, etiquette, um, rules, etiquette. I was kind of on the road. I was playground rules is kind of what we, uh, uh, use for terminology we have playground rules and drag show i rules. love that you know um and and 
and they want to learn. Like I said, mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, these girls are all so happy to be there. And I have to keep that in my head. You know, they're, they're here to have a good time. Yes. And girl, I know we pour a mean drink, honey, at Urban Moe's. So mm -hmm. I understand. <laughs> and it's bottomless mimosas. So you want to have- What time do you go? open today? <laughs> we are open we, <laughs> 365 days a year. Um, and, and there's just another- more proof that the truth shall prevail because mm -hmm. they're coming to us, right? They're that's coming to us, want. right? That's we exactly what we have. want. We want them to have memorable, wonderful experiences in our spaces. So they know we're not a threat or there, there is no gay agenda. There never, no, has, there been. never has been. No. There never will be. It was just people trying to live their lives. That's it. Right. You know, so I think I, I invite everyone to come into our spaces, you know, and, and I hope other um, other gay establishments, you know, follow that lead and and look at it as an opportunity, you know, to educate and to to gain lifelong, uh, you know, fans. Yes. Everybody who leaves Urban Mo's has a good time. That is well, inclusivity is just very important and there's not enough of it. Right. Period. And that, and this is the thing that I love so much about what you're doing, Gigi, you're, you're showing by example, you're being inclusive. You're not just talking inclusive language because so often the people who talk inclusive language sometimes exclude in their language. You know, it becomes a an us against them argument, and it never should be. And that's what they want it to be. That's what right. they're trying with everything they're doing. They're trying to divide us, and we have to, you know, we have to stand up against that and work and together. Bring the love, yes, mm -hmm. and bring the love and the yep. compassion. Hallelujah. Right? Yes, it's <laughs> it's all about church. Yeah, the Church of Glam. Right. <laughs> so. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do with new performers. What kind of help do you find they often need? With new performers? Uh, you know, these days with, with YouTube, these girls are coming out of the woodwork. They sure are. <laughs> they, they can, oh God, the, the makeup skills that these girls bring. Oh, I, well, I remember when my face was nice and tight and taut. Makeup went on way smoother then. Oh, wow. But, you know, <laughs> me uh, too. my biggest thing with the new girls coming on is, um, you know, I try to I, I have my drag children in my house of glam that I have here in San Diego. But being that I work with the dream girls, I work with Bubbles for Brunch, I work with Miriam T's events. You know, we do often see um, new girls come through. But my my thing for them is to just breathe and, and take it a little slower to 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 when they walk around instead of plucking lettuce <laughs> grabbing dollars you know have a connection with that guest Good. you know share a few words of the story that you're 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 portraying at that moment you know just be in the performance i i see a lot of girls come on and they, they just want that money they want that right. money and they go and they grab all that money you know and and they're not giving the performance aspect of it um but, you know, Chad Michaels has trained the audience at Urban Mose very well over the past 17 years. And I, we have queens from all over the world, RuPaul's Drag Race, that come to our venue. And they consistently say Urban Mose is a gem. That when they go there, the love that they feel from our audience is like none other. You know, that our audience treats them with the utmost respect and um, takes good care of them. So, um, it, you know, just slow down, connect with your audience and, and the money will come, mm -hmm. you know, it's about, it's about the, the memory that you're creating. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what Moe's has taught me in life in general. You know, it's not about the money. It's about what you give in life to someone else and then the money and, and, and stability, the house, everything else falls with it that's right the fallout of it mm -hmm. you know if you continue to go for the dollar it eventually will just evaporate because people will start to realize mm, you're just event you're just going for the dollar mm -hmm. uh you can maybe get away with that once maybe twice but yeah after a while people are gonna good yeah. good that is great advice and it's really the kind of advice that we give to people as well because there's this feeling mm -hmm. sometimes when people get on stage that 
they can't connect with the audience. They shouldn't connect with the audience or they're, they're too afraid to. And as you know, that's your bread and butter out there. And they're looking for connections. That's why they're there. They want to be the one that that you spar with or have, you know, or or tease a bit. They want that. They're looking to be a part of it. So when you when you, you know, deprive them of that, they're not as happy. Right. So you are a legendary San Diego drag queen, along with RuPaul, Empress Nicole the Great, who I knew when she was just Nicole. Chad Michaels, Tootie, Francesca, Paris, Lala Tu, Norma, and Babette Schwartz. What exactly does this mean to be a legendary drag queen? I mean, Sandy? other than I'm <laughs> I'm a queen of a certain age, I guess. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I am so honored and grateful to have been part of that whole project um, with the Historical Museum um, in Balboa. Um, it, it, it gives me validation, something that I didn't necessarily have back in my days in Florida. Um, I was definitely part of the community, but I wasn't involved in my community. Um, when I started drag back up here with the beard as Glitz Glam, it was one of my, you know, on the top of my list to, to become part of the community, to do good for my community. And, you know, it, it, it it's just, it, it's a little pat on the back to be part of that incredible group of entertainers that have really trailblazed um, a path for so many. And, you know, I almost don't know that I, I earned that spot. Um, but, you know, my husband and Nicole remind me that I trailblazed in my own way, you know, mm -hmm. for club kids and for the gender queer and gender fluid uh, peeps out there who want to perform, who, you know, don't necessarily think they fit into a certain category of what drag is supposed to be. So it feels good. I, I think you were meant to be here in San yeah. Diego, if I could if I could say that out loud. I, I don't know if you know this, but I was born and raised in Miami, North Miami yeah. Beach. And okay, no uh, one of the things that I appreciate so much about San Diego is the sense of community that we have here, which I found quite lacking in the years that I lived in South Florida. Did you have a similar experience? I did. Well, you know, that was when I was in my 20s and uh, early, yeah, late 20s, well, through 20s. I was doing a lot of drugs in Florida. Who uh, cared about community? <laughs> you know, it wasn't until towards the end of my time in Florida that I had gotten involved with this, uh, the community center in, in Fort Lauderdale. And I had taken a couple uh, workshop and courses to be, a, you know, a community leader. And that's really when my, you know, journey started. And then I had the opportunity to kind of move away from Florida and start anew in California. It was a big jump. It was scary, but definitely one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Yeah, I, I can't, yeah. I can't disagree. I feel the same way. And I moved here 30 years ago. And still, I don't <laughs> regret it a single day. It was a good move. And I still it's, go back and visit quite often. And I, oh, still I don't once regret a year. It. Yes, you're still once there too. Yes, that's funny. Once a year. Yep. So tell us, tell us a little bit about Church of Glam, if you would. And the Church GGTV, of Glam. And GD, GGTV podcast, if you can. Okay, we'll start with GGT. Well, when one starts first, Church of Glam is something I've written down in my my journal for many many years. Uh, I've literally like listed the angels of the Church of Glam and all of these things. Ooh. So it's been on my mind for many years. But GGTV kind of started first um, during the pandemic. I uh, was losing track of days, to be honest with you, and I started doing this little. Uh, daily uh, check-in at 11 a.m. I would come on to Facebook and I would talk to people about what was in the news. I would try to do something uplifting and fun. And at 11, 11, um, I would have everybody send good thoughts and vibrations out mm -hmm. to the planet together to collectively, hopefully raise the vibration of the planet and get us through this pandemic. Um, and uh, when I would sign off, it would always end with GDV. And it was just kind of my little tagline, which obviously Glitz Glam TV. And uh, I, quite a few people started watching it. Uh, honestly, um, all over the world, I had people watching it and awesome. for it. Um, and then the pandemic was over and I got back to work and I just didn't have time to do it. And uh, about six months ago, I kind of had the opportunity to start a Sunday event. And I really wanted to 
um, bring the church of glam to the forefront. Um, I was just in my, my journal and I was like, I, in the back of my head, I've just been thinking about this shift, this matriarchal shift. Um, I've been thinking about the amount of people that um, have been affected after the pandemic. I have friends that live in cars. I have friends that have had to move out of state. Um, I have lost friends um, due to, uh, you know, fentanyl is a horrible, horrible thing that's plaguing um, not just our community, but the entire country. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and something inside of me just says, I need to help as many signs that say, oh, girl, you're going to get hurt. I can't stop. Um, my, my vision, you know, the good glam stands for the good life for all mankind. You know, <laughs> it, it's an acronym. Yeah. Um, and it's starting now the good life at Moe's, which, you know, Chris Shaw and Matt Ramone have really contributed such a, a, a wealth of, of value to our community and um and, and and we really do live a good life at most um because we believe in integrity and honesty and our core values of our company and uh, which is what it's all based on and being over the top and the fact that you know <laughs> we're there to create memories mm -hmm. so uh which someday will be brick and mortar is my plan. Um, I've, I've, it, I've got the license in Zing. I'm working on the 501c um, accreditation so I can um, start uh, crowdfunding. Um, I do have uh, investors waiting, chomping at the bit because they believe that this is something our community needs, um, a brick and mortar healing space um, that would really, uh, uh, I want to, mostly holistic healing in this space. I want to, um, you know, anything from uh, from uh, uh, helping people through the red tape of uh, uh, FFS uh, um, surgeries for transitioning um, to helping people uh, from chiropractors to, 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 um, to sound therapy. To, I, there's just so much, it's hard for me to uh, reel it in. I've been working on the business uh, plan for a while now. So it's kind of still uh, all falling into place. But the most important facet of it is we need housing. We need housing for our LGBTQIA community that is struggling in a state that is making it unaffordable to live in. Yet where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? There's nowhere to go. Before you could say you could go somewhere else and, and live cheaper, but these states are making laws that you can't even exist. Yes. So we, ha we have to start here. We have to become a sanctuary city and we have to have programs that help. The city does not have adequate programs for people in crisis. They have programs for people in crisis, but you need to literally be addicted to meth crack on the street uh, you know, your HIV levels are off the chart. You have full-blown AIDS and you're on death's door before there are actual programs that will put you in a room and help you out. If you are someone who has got your shit together and who's just struggling, who's just working paycheck to paycheck and is just barely making it, there's nothing to help you. There's nothing there. If you, if you, if you trip and, and all of a sudden you don't have that next week's paycheck, you know? There, there are limited, limited, limited resources. And, and that's something that we need more of. So hopefully with this concept, um, I can get government funding, you know, um, and, and make a, a more safe space, make another safe space for people. Sometimes I get so aggravated at the, the difficulty in accessing those resources that do exist and, and, the amount of time and effort it takes a person, it's no wonder some of them don't have jobs. I mean, the amount of time that it takes to get anything done is incredible. It's, it becomes time consuming, all time consuming, just to try to get a service. One, just one. I've just been one. A, a patient, like a private patient advocate, if you will, only because I've worked with family health centers. I've worked with AHF um, so extensively that I just know who to talk to. But I've had to, you know, help people go through that red tape. And I can only get them so far. And then they just hit walls. And, and it's like they're doing everything they possibly can. And there's just not enough resources 
to to help them. Sorry, I think we might have gone off topic there. No, it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> it's all good. So we have come to the to the crux of our podcast, and that's what okay. we call the Belotified Five. <gasps> the Belotified Five. I'd like to ask you these five questions and get into you a bit more. Just okay. start, and I think you've already expressed quite nicely the first one, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What is your golden rule? <laughs> My golden rule is the golden rule. Period. The end. I think Beautiful. if the world followed yep. the golden rule, we would be in a much better place. Hundred percent. That's hundred percent. What is one daily habit you have that you strongly believe contributes to your success? Communication to my loved ones, to the mm -hmm. people that move that mean the most to me. Um, the closest people to me don't even live on this coast, but uh, daily texts, just random texts saying thinking of you and I love you, I think is really important. I think people, um, some people find it weird or uncomfortable to say I love you. And I think we need more of that in the world. And talking to my 101 year old grandmother. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> i'm blessed i am very yes. blessed and, I, very, very and I know that yeah so, so i think just communicating uh, communicating to your loved ones the universe because that communication for me comes mm -hmm. in daily affirmations i look in the mirror every day and i remind myself of the battles i've won and where i've come from and remind myself of where we need to go beautiful so when no one is listening what are the things you tell yourself? Uh, just keep swimming. Mm -hmm. Just keep swimming. Just keep loving. You know, I, I have, I have the, the demons sneak in there. They tell me I'm not good enough. They tell me you're crazy to think anybody's going to follow you in a church. A church, you're going to even use the word church. People are going to automatically attach religion to you. I have no problems with religion. You know, I believe everybody should have their right to do whatever they want, but just don't enforce your beliefs on me. I won't enforce mine on yours. If you want to come to my church, go right. for it. But yeah, I have those voices that come into my head. So often I just have to say, uh-uh, not today. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> I love that. Yes, yes, yes. So what is one change you'd like to see in the world? I think social media is a double-edged sword. Um, I think social media and Grindr and hookup apps have destroyed our community. Um, I would like to see change in people having real connections, authentic in-person connections. You know, it's so strange. I remember riding the school bus I'm like, kid when you get home to get on that phone you know we we lived so much. i feel grateful that i lived in a generation right. that didn't have have it all right. maybe that's why i'm attached to that I, I i just i miss that authentic connection with just meeting someone new i don't think people do that so much anymore mm -hmm. you know so yeah. my change would be i wish people would be more um more personal and in person, the change more in person relationships. I don't know, get off the internet, get outside, enjoy nature. Yeah. Say you know, hello just, to the person walking down the street. Right. You may yep. make a friend of a life. I've made friends of lifetimes from just saying hi to someone yep. walking down the street. And those are the most valuable connections you'll ever get in life. That's what the you know, connection, human connection is what I want. Yeah. It's the, the question I get a lot is, do you have to make friends wherever you go? The grocery store, the fast food burrito place. And my answer is always yes. Yeah, we're humans. That's what we're yes. here for. We're here to love and to exchange energy. Mm -hmm. And you're, you, you don't do that on a, on a technical you device. Don't. Absolutely. And, and there is new research that's showing that those of us with robust relationships are the happiest and that's one of the things that leads to happiness is having these relationships with one another uh and it seems to me that you're well on your way to a lifetime of happiness the way that you treat the people that you love gg um it's beautiful beautiful to see so this you is it I, go ahead yeah, go ahead it. please that's it? 
No, no, I have no, one more I... for you. I have one more, one more major question. Oh yeah, shoot, go for it. Why? Why? What is your why? Why? Why do you do this? What do you want? You know, that's something that's been processing in my head for a long time. Um, I feel like I, as much as I give a gender neutral kind of air, I feel like I am mother and father wrapped into one. And maybe I just want to give a certain type of love that I didn't receive when I was a child. I lost my father when I was very young and I had a very, very strict stepfather. So I never had, and I had a mother who worked a lot, loved me a lot. I didn't have a bad childhood. I'm not saying that, but I don't know that I received the love and affection and um, intimacy as a child, you know, that I desired, that we all desire. You know, so I, I just want, I want people to feel that, to feel some kind of nurturing, some kind of loving vibe and guidance from someone, something they can relate to. Well, I feel it. And I'm not someone you're mentoring or someone that you spend a lot of time with, but I'm sure Alex feels it too. Oh we my both, God. Yes. We both feel it. It's, it's, 100%. it's, it's Thank you. very clear that you are a warm gregarious, loving, authentic, caring, authentic human being. And there's nothing better. I have there's goosebumps really better than that. Thank no, you so thank much. You're going to make me cry. No, you deserve to cry. Because it's <laughs> all true. I'll cry right there with you. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Gigi, I'll, thank you I'll, for joining us. Thank you. Thank, thank you. So I'll cry when my church is up and I have people being housed and taken care of and feeling the love. That's yes. when I'll cry. And please be <laughs> sure to reach out to Alex because, uh, you know, she can offer you some help there too. She's I can. Awesome. 100% I'm hooked in. I myself am a Reiki practitioner. I am uh, hooked up in the holistic community. Anything, anything, anything I can do to help you hook you up with the right person, please, I beg of you, don't hesitate to reach out. It would make my thank heart you. sing. Thank you. Thank you. And please, if you're listening, go on to IG and follow the Church of Glam and uh, Jesse uh, Glam. Those are my uh, two IGs right now. And you can kind of keep up on things. There's also the churchofglam.com you can refer to as well. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us, Gigi. Let's glam. Thank you. Come on down to Urban Mo's. I'll get you a shot. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Hey, thank you for listening to Belotified. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. And remember to leave us your questions or comments at bolotta.com backslash podcast. Belotified is a production of Belotta Entertainment. Hey, that's a lot of Belotta. Stay engaging.